Hi everyone, welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. I'm Johnson, your host here in Las Vegas. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and Happy Holidays to you folks. Hope you're doing well. Alright, I had a lot of requests that came in, had a lot of emails in, we will get to them. Uh, tried uh, again to do the cast box uh, live. That went left. Something happened with the audio. So, as far as I'm concerned, I'm done with that. I'm looking for a live uh, podcast format. Please don't send me Clubhouse. Please don't send me Bigo. No thanks. Spotify Green Room tried that a couple of times. Not happening until they get their links and everything together. So it looks like we'll be stuck with anchor.fm backslash romantic truth until further notice. Because it seems like a lot of uh, platforms have not put those uh, features in place yet where they're working 100%. But let's go forward. All right, folks. Um, we're going to talk about a few things in this particular podcast. And I want you to stay tuned. Right after this word from myself. All right, let's see what's in the mailbag today. Hey, dude, I've listened to your podcast for several months now, and I've made a crucial mistake, and I need your help in order to fixing this situation that I put myself into. I'm 18 years old, so I could chalk it up to my ignorance, I guess, still trying to learn a few things, learn the ropes. I've had sex with one girl and one girl only in my lifetime. It was my one and only girlfriend. We dated from 15 until she was 18. When I became 18, at that point, we decided to break things off because she was gonna go and go to college. I decided to take on a job with my dad, and we've been working ever since together, doing fine. Things seemed to have been okay between me and Pops, until something had happened recently. My dad was asking me a question over the phone, and I was responding to him on speakerphone. And one of my friends asked me about this particular girl. And I just happened to mention Oh, I tear that ass up. But I forgot that I hadn't hung up yet. My dad asked me again, what did I say? And I said, oh, nothing pops, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was done. I thought everything was over. No, it wasn't. When I got home, found out my pops' new girlfriend was listening. She had taken the conversation that I had with Dad, with me talking to the guy in the background, and she put herself in the middle of it, saying that I was talking about her to my dad. I get home. Dad's got me pinned up against the wall, yelling at me about saying things to his girl. Honest to God, man, I hadn't done anything, hadn't said anything. I told my ex-girlfriend about this, and she's advising me to just go on and move out now, because things are going to get worse. 
This woman I never liked in the first place, but dad moved her in. There were no ifs, ands, and buts. He didn't clear with me or my sister. He just brings this woman in. And my mom, I don't even want to talk about that situation. We had to put her away a few years ago. Wow, this must have really impacted her pretty badly. That's the way it ended. There's no more to the email. So I think that really got to him about his mother. Young man, um, I tried to write you back, but the email bounced back to me. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, But one thing I will tell you, if you happen to be listening, your dad's probably in Musk, M-U-S-K. Elephants get like that male creatures get like that basically mammals what that means is you get to a point where the woman can do no wrong it could be out of lust it could be out of a situation where you just want to do whatever it takes as a man in order to appease this woman which I think your father's in right now and he'll run over his own kids to do that And that's the way it is. I remember watching a nature show where this male elephant was in musk. And these smaller elephants were in its way. It was chasing after this female. And this male literally took his tusk and pushed the smaller elephants out of the way to get to the female. Two other males came up to confront this male that was in Musk. And you could tell that he wanted to fight them, but he knew he was out man and out gun. And what they had to do was kind of keep their distance until he got through that process, until they got through that cycle. Now, what I'm saying to you is this. Your dad may be in that mood with this woman right now. Don't know how long she's been dating him or whatever. But apparently, you know, you also have some kind of concern because you don't really know this lady and and this lady's already moved in the house and doing all these things with dad. And in some ways, you probably feel as though she doesn't deserve to do that because mom had to work for everything. And this woman just comes in and just all of a sudden she's the queen of of the crop. I think what's happening here is she's trying to find some kind of wedge to put between you and your father. Now, I don't know if you're the last person to be in the home as far as the kid. She wants you all, wants him all to herself. And she inserted herself in there deliberately. And I think your dad is just gaslighted and gone for it. If he has, that's a piss poor excuse for him to back this woman. You're his son. You're someone that he should always consider respect and love. She's an also ran. He could pick her up at any bar. But he doesn't see that now. And for her to conflate something that was an honest 
the situation where you're talking about somebody that was totally different. And for her to insert herself into that conversation like she did. Your dad went along with her gaslighting. That's what's happened. Don't put yourself in that situation, man. And I would recommend that you move out. And if she's going to take advantage of your father, you may love your dad, but hell, you know, sometimes you got to let that happen. Just like he tells you, you have to grow up sometimes. He has to grow up too. All right, let's go on to the next one. Hi, Jocelyn, my name is Veronica. I've sent you a few nude pictures. I don't care. I know you like nude women, and I love being seen by men while I'm naked. I hope this gives you an eyeful. There are about 20 pics here associated, and I hope you love them. Anyway, now that you know how I'm built and you know how my body is, what I want to know from you is, do you think I'd be a good porn star? This is something I've always wanted to do. I talked to my husband about it, and he's down for it. The only person that has a problem with this are my two daughters. I've already asked them to start up an OnlyFans page for themselves just to get into the business. They're not so interested in that. They're kind of like the plain Jane humdrum type girls. I've already told them that their husbands more than likely would cheat on them when they get married. One of them is 20 and the other is 22. And they're just girls that like blue jeans and flannel shirts. I just really feel sorry because I don't think they're going to have the fulfillment I'm going to have. I know I'm imposing my values and my views on them, but don't most parents? In any case, what I want to know is, do you think I'd be a good porn star? Ma'am, I think first of all, you need to be a better parent before you be a porn star. You've been told this before. What I want to know though is, did your husband put you up to this? Now, I'm scrolling down. She sent me about 25 new pictures of herself in every possible conceivable way. I know everything about your inner body workings from these pictures. I'll admit, you have a nice body. You're very attractive. Just give you an idea, folks. She has blue eyes, jet black hair, down to her waist. Beautiful angular face. Large breast. She's got the barely visible areolas and both of her nipples have the little barbells through them. And she's completely clear all the way down. Completely shaped. So, okay, I'll give you that physically, yes. But here's the problem I see. Apparently, your daughter's opinions mean something to you in that you made it a point to bring them up because they're not falling for what you're dishing out. 
And I think what they see is we have youth on our side. You only have age on yours. Oops. So what that means then is that it's at a point where think about it. They're looking at you as a desperate old woman trying to still remain relevant. This is probably embarrassing for them. They don't have to reach for what you're reaching for. See, what you have to understand is this. You're still trying to be physically appreciated and approved and affirmed by men by going this route and exploiting your body like this. Even though you say that you're doing it for you. But you have to ask yourself, why is that? What was the premise for you doing this for you? Did it have something to do with something that you aspired to be when you were younger because someone else wanted to push you in that direction? I'm just asking the question because the reason why I ask this question is because it seems to me there's another alternative motivation that's pushing in this direction. There's an ulterior motive here. It has to do with you appeasing someone. And what I wonder is, have you been appeasing other people in your youth in order to have this as a goal? I think I hit a sore tooth on that one. I'm going to be honest with you, ma'am. I think what happened, you were sexually abused when you were younger. And forever in a day, you've been trying to get that approval. And what you wound up with was a husband who's very permissive, who is someone that's going to definitely condone everything you suggest, and someone who's also an enabler so that you can participate in this lifestyle in order to go forward. Now, most men would be down their wife's throat if they knew their wife told their daughter something about becoming a porn star, getting into the industry. As men, we would go bananas over that. No way in the hell are you going to have our daughters wind up in the porn industry. So what this tells me right here is that you are the lead. You wear the pants in this relationship. You set the pace. He just follows. He's a yes man. Now I could very well be wrong, but you wrote me with your problem. I didn't write you with mine. So what this means overall is that from my opinion on this, and it's just my opinion, it's not law, it's not legislation or anything like that, just my opinion. I think you're trying to redeem yourself for something that happened to you in the past, and you're using every aspect of your existence in order to make that come to fruition. Your marriage, your children, because you want camaraderie, but you're not getting that. What you're getting are kids that are repulsed by you, 
and kids that already know that they could probably do better than you and will do and will distance themselves as they grow older. I think personally, all four of you need to go to therapy. Seriously. Your husband's okay with you sending me these 25 nude pictures of yourself with the orange inside your vagina, with the bat inside your vagina, with your fist inside your vagina. It's okay. Not to mention the other objects that are in there. Ma'am, you're exploiting exploiting yourself for no apparent reason. Because through it's over with, through it's over with, through it all, (laughs) that's what I was trying to get to, when it's over with, What's going to happen here is that you're going to wind up alone with a man who's willing to say or do anything you want him to that you will not respect or don't respect. And what you're going to wind up doing is probably going to heaven and OnlyFans or whatever and finding a man on that particular platform or any other that you will respect. And that's going to bring your marriage into conflict. I'm just telling you. You already don't respect the man. He doesn't respect the kids. It seems like to me personally, the only responsible people from what you've written have been the children. They're grown, but they seem to have had some sort of uh, level of decency. But I'm not going to beat a dead horse. It's up to you. Your life, not mine. Take care. Hi, everyone. Johnson with you here. Romantic Truth. Las Vegas, it is Christmas Day, and this is the Christmas Day show. Now, we did a podcast earlier, and that was recorded earlier, so this is more or less the meat and potatoes of the Christmas Day podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Wish you happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, um, Christmas, holiday, whatever you may classify this period of enjoyment to be. Now, here's something I'd like to address, along with a couple of other things, but a few emails were written recently. Elizabeth, I'm going to read your email. I met a guy on our time. He's 56 years of age. I'm 55. Everything went fine so far. He took me out to dinner the night before last. Yesterday, I treated him to an ice cream at the ice cream parlor. We really had a good dialogue. He invited me over to his place this morning for Christmas Day. I was elated until I walked through the front door. I don't exaggerate in the least. This man had pictures. He had all kinds of gifts, presents, anything you can imagine 
that had been purchased and never opened up, this guy had it in his house. And it was deep. What do I mean by deep? I had to take off my shoes and walk on many of the empty boxes and bags of items he had purchased and never put away. It was appalling. The Christmas tree had never been taken down. It had cobwebs on it. So I know that Christmas tree has been up for decades. He had Christmas presents that had not been opened in years. I made my way to the kitchen and almost passed out when I saw fresh groceries that had spoiled in the bag. I opened the refrigerator and oh my God, some of the food in there had grown mold so badly. I just held my nose. I did him a favor by throwing as much of that stuff out as possible and then I became nauseous. I got in my car and I took off. He's been texting me and calling me ever since. I cannot do this. Am I wrong for doing this? Elizabeth, somewhere in Southern Virginia. Elizabeth, when I got your email today, I could relate to everything you were talking about. I dated a woman that was a hoarder. Her desk was immaculate at work. Car was impeccable. Always clean. She had a Cadillac CTS. Beautiful. Always took care of her hygiene. Went to her place and asked her what the hell happened. She got offended because I had mentioned about the place being in disarray. Disarray meaning that she had purchased things and never took them out of the bag and they had now accumulated to a certain level in the house where it looked like walls of this stuff. She had purchased three laptop computers, the same model because she couldn't get to the one she had purchased prior. This woman had iPhones. She had all kinds of items that she had purchased and never opened. Shoes, dresses. And then when I called her, just what I called her, I said, oh my goodness, you're a hoarder. You should have seen the look. She turned around at me like she was a vampire, showing her fangs. How dare you? Because when her voice even changed when she said that. And I told her, I said, well, I didn't mean to offend you. She says, well, you have because you sound just like my sisters and my mother does. And what it came down to was they had told her about this. Now, her mother found out later, had to go through therapy to break herself of this. And where she got it from was from her mother because her mother grew up during the Great Depression. And during that time, they hoarded food and everything else. And naturally, kids do as they see their parents do. But this young lady took offense to it. Now, one thing I will give her credit for, at least she had paths to walk past the stuff. And I would say the paths were maybe 
a foot and a half wide. But I want you to imagine, instead of a wall being beside you, there's nothing but things that she had purchased still in bags all the way to the ceiling. And she only had three channels to get in. When I say channels, I mean lanes. Just like you would mice when you're trying to put them in that little maze. She had one for the bathroom, one for the kitchen, and one for her bedroom. The other bedroom, completely full to the brim, doors shut, can't get in there, got all kinds of stuff in front of it. Same thing with the den, same thing with the living room. The living room was the only clear path that went to her bed, went to her room, and went to the corridor down the hallway. Now, the interesting thing about it, I just talked to her yesterday. After I got this email this morning, I called her back. And I said, you know, it's kind of ironic. I got an email today about the very thing that you and I broke up over. And she said, yeah, we were talking about that last night. It was weird. Now she has a family. She went through therapy and got rid of that particular aspect of her life. It took her a long time to do it. And what they found was that it wasn't that she had a mental illness. It was that that was learned behavior from her mom. And it became a normalcy. And what they had to do was to break that from her so that she could be more objective about the things she chose. Instead of looking at things as, oh, it's on sale, I gotta get it. Oh, I can get it now, I'll buy it now. And that's the mindset she had. I didn't really notice this until we went out one evening. This was before I went to her place. And when we went out, it was a nice restaurant. And so we ordered drinks. And she told me, she says, you know, I want to put some of those cherries away. And I said, well, why don't you talk to the bartender? We can stop at the grocery store and get you some cherries. No, 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 no. I like those cherries. She takes a napkin, puts about 12 of them in the napkin. Bartender, of course, noticed that, hey, whoa, wait a minute, what you doing? And so I reimbursed him for the cherries. Now, I'm not thinking anything is wrong. And she munched on those cherries all night. But I thought that was one of her quirks. I equated her to the girl that uh, <laughs> took two pieces of sourdough bread one time, took a banana, peanut butter. I think one time she used Nutella, I'm quite sure. Two scoops of ice cream, one chocolate, one Neapolitan, and then put another piece of bread on top of it and ate it like a sandwich. And she did the same thing with mine. I gotta admit, it was good, even though I'm gonna tell you, that, oof, it's the soggy bread thing that got me. That's what got me. To this day, 
as a man, my father used to eat cornbread and buttermilk with sugar. I can if if you ever want to fuck me up, put that in front of me. That's like kryptonite. I will seize up and pass the fuck out. I don't know why that is to to me is the woo. I can't even think of that shit right there. Woo! When Dad used to do that, I was no, no. I said now that's one genetic trait that is not gonna transfer. We don't have to ever worry about that. Buttermilk, ooh, I can't even think of that shit now. Uh, it reminds me of that soggy cake that you eat at the weddings. Now, I don't eat that either. That wet cake, they can keep that. I'm a cheesecake fanatic when it comes down to weddings. I will talk to my friend's bride and her family to make sure that they had that blueberry cheesecake. Oh, hell yeah. But for the most part, folks, when it comes down to that, that that's like kryptonite. But anyway... What had happened, and Elizabeth, I can empathize with you a lot on that because even the lady I was with, I noticed that there were things like that going on with her. She had food that she had purchased and never put away and it spoiled. And I tell you what really got me, she had canned goods that had rust on them. And I knew then it was time to really have an intervention. And I talked to her family and friends. And they were the ones that, oh, we had tried, we had tried, we had tried. And for a minute there, she was fighting it like I don't know what. But what she started to see was, after we had dated, for that very short period of time, I don't think we lasted, what, three and a half weeks. The next guy, he walked in the house, he looked at her, he said, hell no. And she finally got tired of getting that same response. And decided to act on it. Elizabeth, I hate to tell you, you did the right thing. And here's the thing. And the reason why I said I hate to tell you as opposed to saying you did the right thing is because you feel guilty about it. But the thing is, you don't need to feel guilty about it. Some of it motivated through habit like she had to do with her mom. Others are motivated through a mental illness, some sort of dysfunction. And you have to understand that. You're not going to be able to change it. You know, that change has to come from that person. And that's what I allowed to happen with this young lady that I was with. I couldn't badger her into changing. I couldn't go and shame her into changing. And see, that's what some people like to do. Women love to do this with men a lot. Try to shame them into changing. Oh, if you were any kind of a man. Ladies, that does not change a man. The only thing that does for a man is this, and I'm going to be honest with you. That gives him more of a reason to just try to screw the hell out of you out of anger and leave you. That's all it does. See, if a man can't hit you with his hand, he's going to try to hit you with his dick. And it comes down to that. So, a lot of you ladies like that rough, uh, what you call it, that uh, makeup sex. That's not makeup sex. That's getting even sex. That's the reason why he's drilling you so hard and you loving it because he's hitting you in places you've never been before sexually. He's, I mean, he's tearing your vagina up and you're loving it. But in actuality, the only thing he's doing is just getting that anger out of him so he doesn't become physical. 
so he doesn't become verbal. That's what that's about. It's a passive-aggressive thing. You're thinking, oh, well, you know, he loved his pussy, so no matter what, I know he still loves me. And think, No, ladies, it doesn't work that way. He's doing that to get rid of that aggression. If he had a punching bag at the house, let me tell you something, that, he would knock shit out of him. But now that he has your box to knock out of, he tearing that up. I always tell guys, if you ever got an aggression problem where you're getting ready to knock a hole in the wall or something like that because you're pissed, why don't you go get a punching bag and put it in the garage? Get your pair of boxing gloves and go down there and take care of it that way. Get rid of that aggression that way. It's much cheaper than banging up the walls. It's much cheaper than having the cops called on you. It's much cheaper than going to jail. Is much cheaper than having a domestic violence charge against you. You go downstairs, you get rid of that frustration by wearing yourself out here in that boxing bag. You take the gloves off, you go back in the room, you're already tired, you go take a shower, and then you can talk to your woman about whatever the issue is you need to talk about. But you got that rage and that anger out of your system. But see, a lot of you guys will try to talk to her while you're still in that enraged state and then before you know it you do something stupid so in order to avoid that and ladies let me tell you something else don't follow him when he's trying to leave you when he's trying to walk away from you don't you're not his parent don't try to shadow him because i'm going to tell you there are some guys that are triggered that way and the minute you tap them on the shoulder they turn around with a right hook and it's over Reason why I know this, I've seen dudes do this to each other. Where the guy's talking shit and the guy's walking away and he said, man, gone. And the guy's still talking, you, you ain't nothing but a punk. And then he push him in the, in the shoulder blade. And then before you know it, bam, dude, sleep. This is the reason why ladies do not, and I repeat, do not follow that man when he tries to break away from you and say, hey, you know, I need some time. Just, just give me some time. Ladies, let him have that time. Because he's going to come back to you in a better state of mind to talk to you. But at that point, he's at his tipping point. That's what he's letting you know. That's what real men do. We let you know, hey, before anything goes down, let me get away from you. Let me get away from this situation. That's what we do. Because he's thinking, I want to protect you. And the way I'm going to protect you is to have you away from me right now because Emotionally, I'm infected with anger. And some of you keep pushing it because what you want to do is have the last word. And let me tell you, not only will you get the last word in some cases, you'll get the last rights too. So in order to avoid something like that ever happening to you ladies, just let it go at that point. Because see, sometimes it's better to win a battle than to try to win the war and lose it. Instead, you just want to win that one battle. Let me give you an example as an analogy. When they went to go and take Mussolini, see, back in 43, 
1943. Mussolini was then put under arrest. And they took him to this place, I believe it was somewhere in a mountainous area, at this hotel. And the only way you could get up there was through a tram, a trolley car. Now, during that time, Hitler needed Mussolini to be in charge of Italy because at that time, the Allies were invading different parts of Italy. And he needed the Italian government's help in order to fight off the Allies, the Americans, the Australians, the British, and so forth. So what he did, he hatched a plot to have guys flying on gliders, special forces guys that fly in on gliders, take over the hotel that had about 150 or so Italian police, Cavagnetti. And they had the head of that organization be the person that told them to stand down. So they were able to get Mussolini. But now, I want you to think about something here. In that process of them trying to get him out of there, they used gliders to fly into this hill, to this mountain. But there was only one problem. They couldn't get him out because the plane they initially had to land there to take him home, it was damaged. So they had to fly another plane in. And this plane can only fit three people. Or Mussolini got in, pilot was there, and this other guy that was one of the chief orchestrators of this decided that he wanted to fly as well. So you had three people on this flight. And it was off of this steep mountainside. Now mind you, after they started down the slope, they had to make sure they had enough speed and enough lift because there was a 6,500 foot drop at the base. So they didn't have any room for error. Fortunately, they went off, they made it, and they were able to fly away. They were very fortunate against those adverse circumstances. So what do I mean by this when I refer to you ladies walking away from a man when he's angry. What I'm saying is throughout an effort to try to get your point across by having the last word, you may want to look at some of the other things that may be contingent and more relevant than the last word. How's he feeling? What's going on with him? Why is he so angry at you? Is it just because of that one particular dispute or is it a culmination of a lot of other things that are coming to the forefront? Because see, as women, you can express yourself through anger by yelling at us, cussing us out, those kind of things. Society accepts that from you as a norm. Men, we take that as a norm. But what we don't do a lot of times is we don't emote because that's a feminine trait. And for us as men, a lot of times we're teased by that when we do that by other men for sure, but also by women. 
And what happens is when a man is teased by a woman for being or being feminized by a woman because of that, that intensifies his anger. I remember one time in, uh, specifically when this guy was trying to talk to this lady years ago. And the lady was not interested in him. And she said, go on, take your effing, and you know what that is. F ass on somewhere else. Now she didn't have to say that. She said that to humiliate him because she wasn't interested. And so the guy walked away from her and she walked up behind him. She said, yeah, go and take your effing F ass on somewhere else. Said it again. Pushed the guy. She got ready to say it again to him and before we knew it, his fist was in her eye socket and she was on the ground crying like a child. All of that bravado, all of that talking, all of that back talk, all that shit went nowhere. She was like a child on the ground crying. The interesting thing was not one man or one woman came to her defense. Some of the women said, yes, yeah, should have kept a damn mouth shut. Other women said, he hit a female. As if somebody was supposed to just jump up and say, yeah, let's whoop his ass now. Didn't happen. The guy apologized to her and then told her, hey, I told you I needed space. You already told me you didn't want to be with me. I accepted that. But, and he wasn't justified in hitting her by no stretch. But what I'm getting at, ladies, is this. This is not a game. Because as men... We're pushed to the limit by other men a lot of times. You know when that guy calls your man a punk and he's trying to go and stand up and you're telling him, no, honey, uh-uh, you got something to lose. You got kids to lose. You got me to lose. And he has to think about that. How, much are, how important are you to him compared to his reputation? And here's the sad part about it for some of you ladies and you don't know this. Some of these guys are so insecure, they will forfeit you and your children for his bruised ego and low self-esteem of not being recognized as a man. So he'll go and fight that dude, push you aside, go fight that dude, get locked up or get killed or get injured, and then turn around and expect you to take care of him after you've tried to calm him down. Let me tell you something. When that man is that insecure and inferior and feels so inferior, you gotta let him go, ladies. You can't deal with that. And the reason why you have to let him go is because he's only gonna take you down with him. He's gonna start feeling even more insecure, accusing you of cheating, those kind of things. It goes in a spiral. Because when a person feels insecure, the one thing they got to do is project that insecurity onto their partner. That's what makes them feel secure when someone's in their company who is insecure. Codependent. Guys get along very well. 
this is what I'm talking about. Domestic violence is nothing to sneeze at, nothing to play with. I've dated a good percentage, if not the majority of women that I've dated, had some form of domestic violence in their past or child molestation in their past that they've had to contend with. These are the people that all these other folks say, where do you find all these women that shut the fuck up because the majority of you are in that same boat. The majority of you have a messed up childhood or have been in messed up relationships just like some of the women who write into this show and some of the women I talk about that I've dated. They're no less than you. They're no more than you. You're no more than them. Because no matter how you try to distance yourself, you still had the same experience. You know, it used to crack me when guys would say, man, you know, I didn't see that coming. Then you always had one dude, man, you should have seen that like he had a crystal ball. The only reason why he's doing that is because what he's doing is taking on that feminine trait that women usually use a lot. Especially with men, that Jedi mind trick thing. Oh, you should have seen that. She was this, she was that. Well, being that she's a woman, she's privy to what women do because she's one. That dude who's teasing that guy about a woman that he should have figured that out. Mm -mm. What he's doing, he's trying to save that and he's only using that embarrassing moment in order to berate that guy in front of another woman. This is how some guys will do in order to get the curry favor with the woman they want. I'll just make him look bad in front of her and I got her. That's what guys like to do. Crabs in a barrel. We do that all the time with each other. And it's pathetic. We don't have to, but we do it. It's a recreational thing, right? More in a moment, folks. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here at Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Now, I get this a lot from people, and I'm going to read this particular email to you that I received from Joyce out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. I am so sick of negativity. I only want to be swallow, swallowed up. She's got swallowed up here. S-W-W-A-L-L-O-W-W-E-D. U-P-P-E-D, so swallowed up in positive thoughts only. No negative thoughts whatsoever. I'm tired of negative people. I'm tired of negative situations. I just want to hear positive thoughts. The person that I look for in my life, I want them to be positive. I've listened to your show, and your show has a lot of negative components to it, and it's really turning me off. Please, if you can, make your show a little bit more positive more religious-based, and a little bit more about the realities of what many of us are facing. Because right now, I cannot identify with any of the things you talk about on this show. 
choice. Now the town puts away. Now, here's the thing. I got a feeling there's some denial going on here, and I'll tell you what. You know who I usually get things like this from? No offense, folks, but I'm going to say it. Cancer survivors. This is not to put them down in any way or to talk negative about them. But see, they have a new lease on life, so things are a little bit different from many of their perspectives. A lot of times they get a chance to know who, who the people are that are really in their corner and the people who are just giving them lip service. So they're a little bit more grounded. But here's the thing. They also don't fall into this category either. Usually people who just start out where they're worried and concerned about those things will go here with this kind of mindset, this kind of disposition. After that person has already dealt with the situation or continues to deal with it, it's a whole different realm. Throughout my years, I've dated cancer survivors. I dated a woman that broke up with me because she had cancer. And the reason why she wanted to date me in the first place was because she thought that I was going to be the last guy that would be interested in her before she thought she was going to pass away from ovarian cancer. But she survived, and to this day, doing very well for herself and very fine. So it varies when it comes down to the way a person may perceive something. Now, she should know I'm not going to change this damn show because of her. She doesn't want to listen? Good. Make your own podcast. Go find another station. Because here's the thing, and I know that sounds kind of catalyst and cavalier, but here's the thing. If I tried to please everybody on this show, hell, we wouldn't even have a format. It would be one week we're doing this, the next week we're doing that. So I had to keep the focus on what the show is about. It's about relationships. It's about how we deal with each other. It's about how we deal with extended family. It's about how we deal with loved ones. How we deal with situations that we're exposed to. Relational situations. Case in point, right here. Hi, Jocelyn, my name is Jeff. I recently took a woman out on a date. We met on Bumble. She told me she was a vegetarian. Went on to say she was a vegan. I appreciated that. Took her to a vegan restaurant. We spent a hell of a lot of money on food because it was very expensive. Afterwards, she told me that she was looking for honesty, loyalty, all these other good things as we went to the bar and had a few drinks. On the way home, she wanted a hamburger. I'm thinking, maybe go back to the vegan restaurant because we had vegan steaks. She said no. She wanted beef. We stopped at Wendy's and she got a triple baconator burger. This pissed me off to the highest level of pistification, if there's such a term. I took that term from you. I heard you say it on one of your podcasts, and I had to use it. If you happen to podcast this, however, please understand I'm giving you credit for the term that you made, pistification, LOL. She asked for honesty from me, 
But yet, I spent all this money at a vegan restaurant only for her to go out and want a damn Wendy's hamburger. If I had known this, we could have gone to Wendy's in the first place and that would have saved me $47. Your thoughts on this? Just curious. Sir, I tell you, you're about the third person that's run into this situation that's contacted me about it. It was a lady that took a guy to a vegan restaurant and the bill was well over a hundred and some dollars. And after it was over with, they had doggy bags of the food. He asked her to stop at a steakhouse and got him a steak on the way home. That's what he ate. Told her to keep the vegan food. You have some people that are like that. They just want to experiment and try. And that's the reason why they use dates as a means of experimenting. You know, like the children would tell their parents, you know, I want to try uh, Lucky Charms. And they'll try Lucky Charms. Mom, I want to try Apple Jacks. And they try Apple Jacks. They like Apple Jacks over Lucky Charms. Well, this is what's happening here. And you'll be a fool to go out on another date with this woman. Seriously. You'll be wasting your money, time, and effort. $47 was cheap when it comes down to vegan food. So be thankful on that. Because there have been a lot of people that paid a lot more than that. With the vegan steaks and the vegan... You know, look, I'm waiting for some guy to tell a woman that his dick is vegan, okay? I'm serious. Come on, now we need to come off of this. Vegan vagina, I can see it now. How far are we going to go with this? How far are we going to take it? By this time in a couple more years, veganism won't even be a thing. And if it is, it's going to be for a small segment of society. The reason being, when something's trending and popular, everybody wants to do it. Remember Jazzercise years ago, folks? Remember Salsa Water years ago? Remember all these different things that were fads, trends, the oxygen bars, and all the rest of this other stuff that was supposed to help us. All of this organic eating and organic food. And what happened to organic food? It got to a point where damn near everybody and their mama was labeling things organic. Same thing's going to happen with vegan. And I'm waiting for, at one point, there's going to be somebody who's going to have a big-ass steak sitting there, and it's going to say, that's a vegan steak. And the person's going to say, well, how, why is that the case? Because the cow that ate the grass was vegan, so therefore, the steak from the cow should be vegan. They're going to make that assumption. Watch what I tell you. Because here's the thing, when it comes to making money in America, people will do anything and go any length for it. We've already discussed some of the disgusting things that people have done for money. The girl that was on uh, Ghetto Gaggers, when her mother held the girl's head as these two men, grown men, ejaculated in her face. And the mom's holding the girl's head. Really? For $2,000. Was it worth it? Was it worth the humiliation? So, just to uh, come back and answer your question, ma'am. I'm talking about the lady before this gentleman's email that I read. 
This show's not going to change for you. The world doesn't, so this one's not either. As far as you, sir, mm -mm. you're done with that. You're done with that. See, here's the thing I do. Whenever there's a new trend, I make sure not to date anyone in, the, in that new trend. I make it a point not to do that. Especially if they're older. If they're my age or anywhere within 20 years, my junior and I'm 59, and they're still coming up with this, trying to fit in, I don't want to have anything to do with them. Because that tells me right there that they are followers. And that person would be a horrible leader in the relationship if that person was had to leave. I wouldn't want to take that chance. Just like the lady who's 60-something years of age with all those sexual designations, all those sexual orientations, all those genders that she claimed. And what I see, a person that wrote in her profile that she was a grandmother of 12, mother of five. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, now, I wonder how this goes over during the family reunion. How does grandma explain herself out of this? Because it doesn't make any sense trying to be relevant when you're irrelevant. See, people will put themselves in situations that they don't belong just so that they'll feel better about themselves. You're going to accept me. You're going to like me no matter what. It's like the woman I told you about that I wasn't interested in and she kept showing up to my place only wearing a jacket with nothing else under it or a coat with nothing else under it as if that was going to entice me. And it just didn't because she didn't really have the body I was looking for. She was built more like a boy than she was a woman. And so even though she had a vagina, it was not <laughs> something that I was going to find myself uh, aroused by. And I was like, nah. And she was like, well, you know, you must be gay. Something wrong with you. No, nothing wrong with me. Because if something was wrong with me, the rest of the guys that you wanted to fuck that didn't want to fuck you, there's something wrong with them too, right? Yeah, but they don't, they don't, they, they don't count. I'm like, oh yeah, they do. Because there was a reason. And what she didn't understand was taking all them damn fin fin diets and all the rest of that shit she was taking it made her look horrible but she thought she was looking good and she couldn't handle rejection because she was smaller now and she felt as though since she was smaller and I never saw her larger she felt as though every man should want her because of what she did her accomplishment and I'm like oh well that's great just like another lady I dated who went on and got her PhD. We're on a date and she said, oh, guess what? What? I just went on finished, got my PhD and she showed me the diploma. I was happy for her, congratulated. I said, so now you got to call me Dr. So-and-so. I said, now, how's this going to work? I'm going to be on top of you. We're going to be having sex. And I'm going to say, oh, Dr. So-and-so, here comes this nut. I don't think this is going to sound too good. And she thought about it. She said, yeah, you're right. But everybody else, oh, yeah. And I respect her in public. 
I don't have a problem, you know, acknowledging somebody for what they've done and what they've achieved. But sometimes people do this because they have low self-esteem. I've had plenty of friends that have done that. Went back, got their doctorate degree, so they could be somebody, so they could be recognized. And we don't realize how much low self-esteem plays a role in our lives. It motivates us to do a lot of stuff. It motivates us to not even be a failure. That fear of being less than. It's one of those things that that men and women fear. A lot of times women fear that, you know, I hope I don't smell. I hope that uh, I'm tight enough and not too loose for him. I hope that he likes me. I hope that he loves me. And a lot of these women don't realize the man that they're nervous about is saying the same shit about her. I hope I'm big enough. Uh, what if I go soft and can't get hard? Um, how am I going to explain this to her? And so he has to build his confidence up. Oh, I'm going to tear that ass up, blah, blah, blah. Now, ladies, let me tell you something. There are some men, I was one of them, where if you were really fine and you were really nice and you were really sweet, and here's the thing, it was like pulling back a rubber band. If you met all the criteria for that man, oh, let me tell you something. He was going to snap a gristle. He was going to be happy with what he was with when it comes down to you. He's going to be dealing with you on a level but he's very comfortable. And therefore, you're not going to be that person that's going to be walking around so insecure because he's going to let you know, hey, you know what? Um, yeah, you don't have to tremble anymore. I got you. And this is what you want, ladies. Because, see, what that does, that thwarts that insecurity that your girlfriends and other women try to project on you. Girl, you too fat. Girl, you too this, you too that. And that guy tells you, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about Gertrude. Gertrude, I'd never want to screw anyway. Your ass? Yeah. And then, well, what's wrong with my friend? Your friend's got a fucked up shape. You don't. As men, we tell women this. And she said, oh, really? And it's like, yeah. That, so that's the reason why you went for me instead of her? Yeah, exactly. But she's always telling me I don't have a good shape. She's telling you that because she's envious and jealous. Who's attracting the men? You are, not her. So, of course, that envy's there because she's not getting the men that you have. A lot of you ladies need to look at that because some of your girlfriends are some of your worst enemies. More in a moment. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, we're keeping on with the Christmas Day show. Now, one thing that happened um, that I try to tell you guys about, especially if you're a couple, I know you want to do kinky stuff out in public. Be very careful. I don't recommend you try doing any kind of sexual activities outside, unless they're in a you know area that's secluded and covered and 
pretty much you don't have anything flying over where like a plane or drone if you have a backyard that's inside of a coliseum or something like that i can see the only reason why i say this is because a lot of these communities throughout the country have cracked down on their ordinances and on their laws especially when it comes to nudity and sex and you have to be very careful because a lot of you can ruin your reputations and your careers over this. You look at some of the celebrities and some of the people that are going down right now, and some of them that will go down after this Ghislaine Maxwell case is over. I'm just telling you. So what you have to do now is to be very vigilant and very careful. Now, the reason why I say this specifically is because Bob wrote me, and he wrote me back in August after an incident happened. I'm not going to go into detail about it, but... To put, the, put it in perspective, he and his girlfriend watched a concert. Girlfriend had only on a sundress, nothing else underneath. She sat in his lap during the concert, and he was inside of her during the concert. They had a blanket over them. There apparently was a person there that kept observing them, and eventually they got busted. And so as a result of this, they got to register in so many categories for so many different offenses, and they got a lot of fines to pay. This is the reason why I tell you folks to watch what you do in public as a couple. What you may think is cool, that other person may be brooding and frustrated because they don't have anybody to share their lives with. And this is the result. Since I can't be happy, damn it, nobody can be happy. And it's the way a lot of them look at it. Think about it at work. Some of you ladies wind up getting a guy that probably puts a flower on your desk. And you're happy and you're really pleased by this, but, you know, it's nothing that you're really looking at from the standpoint of it being encroaching or in some way stepping over a boundary. You're flattered by this. But one of your coworkers sees it and she's having a miserable relationship or she may not be in one at all. And she's gonna go out there and tell HR that she was offended by what she saw because she saw a man sexually harassing you. Oops, that's enough to get you in and enough to get him hauled in. And God help you if those women put pressure on you to file charges. But there you are, in the middle of something you had nothing to do with. So you really have to watch yourselves. And I can't stress this enough. Now, another thing that I'm going to bring up, and this happened with Jill. Jill is 23 years of age. I'm going to read something. And maybe you'll get an idea as to what not to do on a date. Sometimes I listen to you, other times I tune you out, LOL. My name is Jill, I'm 23. I live in North Hollywood, California. I recently met this guy on Tinder. We became very close. About three months after meeting him, I moved him in with me. Everything went pretty cool. We're kind of an eclectic couple. We do kind of odd things. Well, I thought it would be kind of fun just to see what it was like to have a turtle. He made a suggestion that I put the turtle inside me one evening. 
there was no way in the world I was putting that big ass turtle inside me. That was totally out and I thought it was gross that he didn't mention anything about an animal in my lady parts. Things went pretty well for us for a while and I just forgot about the whole ordeal. Well, one night I was laying in my bed and I felt something pinch me down there. I happened to look down there and this idiot put another turtle in the bed in my junk. That was the last straw. I got his ass out of my place. I got rid of the damn turtles. And ever since then, he's been texting me and emailing me, begging me to take him back. It's gotten so bad now, he's contacted my sister and my mom on Facebook, and they are at their wits end, and they're telling me now to take him back, and there's no way in hell I can take him back. I never thought that ever it would get to this point where we would be dealing with reptiles in the bedroom. I'm not into bestiality, I'm not into animals or anything like that. And I'm just wondering, where are these guys getting this stuff from? This shit is not normal. And I'm afraid now to even date anyone. Are there any humans, normal people out there? Jill, North Hollywood, California. Jill, I've already responded to your email and I will tell you this. You were dealing with a sick bastard. And you did the right thing by leaving him, letting him go. I don't know what it is with you young people, but for some reason, you guys have this thing real bad about moving people in within a few weeks after or months after meeting them. You need to wait at least 18 months. At least 18 months where you guys are switching and cohabitating in different locations to try to get to know each other. Maybe check in a hotel room one weekend. Maybe go over to her place one weekend. Let him come over to yours one weekend. Do that for about 18 months to see how people function in different environments so you have a clue as to what you're dealing with when you're in close quarters. A lot of people lost it from this whole ordeal with... uh, COVID. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't deal with some of the things they had to contend with. They could not handle the fact that they were dealing with a partner that they really didn't know. Even though they probably dated for years before they married or before they cohabitated, they never really knew that person. And now a lot of elements are coming out in that person they had no idea existed. There was one woman that wrote me, Beatrice. Her husband had actually talked to her during this COVID crisis while they were all cohabitating because, you know, they were confined, that he wanted to be a woman. And she was ready to divorce him. And they worked things out and apparently her husband's going to go through the sex change operation. She's going to stay with him. But these were things that they never discussed when things were under normal conditions because they didn't have to. They didn't feel as though it was important. And now they do. I look at the listenership. When I first started 
uh, Romantic Truth Podcast. When I started back in November 2019, November 19th, 2019, that was about three times the listenership. Now, why was that? Compared to now, why was that? It was because I had pretty much a captive audience. People basically were locked down and they would tune into the show. And so that was a reason for it. So when we did the restart in May 3rd, 2021, we realized we were starting from ground zero. So the people that would normally go to the old podcast had to redirect them to the new one. And some of them still are listening to the old podcast. But we're going to eventually incorporate that into the new show. So these are things that we had to work on and we had to develop. And what I'm getting at, folks, is when it comes down to things that you expect to take place based on um, tradition, based on familiarity, doesn't mean that it's going to always happen that way. And sometimes we take issue when it doesn't because we're so accustomed to routine. And we have to realize, too, at some point, routine is good, but also diversion is even better at times. And that means that even though there were couples that routinely didn't see each other on a regular basis, didn't sleep with each other on a regular basis, didn't interact with each other on a regular basis, under close quarters, they had to. And then when they did, they started to realize, hey, you know, in some cases, I kind of like our relationship, and others were like, no. I had a friend of mine, he and his wife messed around and had three more children. They're on their third child now. She got pregnant. (laughs) She got pregnant. When was that? I think it was January of 2020. Had the child around September. Then messed around, got pregnant, I think in November of 2020. Had the other child, and now she's pregnant again. But here's the thing they didn't plan this. And this is the real, the first time in these last three years or two and a half, that they've had enough time to really be with each other. The rest of the time has been hectic work schedules, and that's been it. They've been making money, but they never took time out to cultivate their marriage. And now that they have, he's like, you know, I like this working at home thing. And she's like, well, yeah, I like it too, and I like working at home as well. And so now what they've done, they've slowed the pace of their relationship down to where they can actually enjoy it. And he doesn't get any sleep. (laughs) He always offers me to babysit. I'm not doing it. He's like, man, I got two here. I'm like, "Mm, better you than me, bro. And you're going to see a lot of this take place as this crisis continues. Because, oh, it's not over. It's not over. It's never going to be over. 
And the only reason being is that you have enough people not complying with the requirements that it's going to give an advantage to the virus to continue to perpetuate. That's the way it's going to be. And unfortunately, in some regions of the world, it may get to a point of quarantining permanently. I hate to say it that way, but humans are known to do this whenever the common good is uh, threatened. But I'm not going to get into that era of thinking. We'll just stick with what we have right now. And that is some of you folks have found love online. You found love from a person that's many miles away from you. And you would love to be with that person, but for whatever reason, you can't. But if you were, you would actually figure out a way to make things work. And you would actually try, in most cases, try more to make things work with a person that's out of your area, maybe out of your country, out of your region, or even out of your race, or out of your age range, out of your even purview of a relationship as opposed to someone who's local that may be convenient because see a lot of people go on convenience especially women when it comes down to dating they usually want the guy to be in proximity to the grocery store the bank and all of these things that are close by she doesn't want to have to drive that much It's the men who usually have to travel. You have guys going to Odessa to find women, Philippines to find women, Thailand to find women, Brazil. Now you have good women here in the States as well. And you have good women overseas. Personally, I found that many of the women overseas are more suitable for me as far as relationships. Not to say American women are not, but here are some of the differences. I look at a woman when it comes down to trends. How does she deal with trends? Is she's one of these people that has to... Plain and simple. Some people do. I don't. Born a moment. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. 
the opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.